This is exactly right. Welcome to my favorite murder, the mini-sode. This is where we read you your stories back to you. Will it be you this week? Let's find out. (laughs) Good question. Do you want to go first? Sure. The subject line of this first email is, my grandfather survived an F4 tornado. Yes, 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 yes. (laughs) Tornado stories. Hello to all the beautiful people and pets of MFM. In episode 331, Karen told the story of the tri-state tornado of 1925, and I immediately knew I had to write in with this story about another tornado outbreak. On May 31st, 1985, there was a huge tornado outbreak across Pennsylvania, Ohio, New York, and Ontario. Mm. A total of 44 tornadoes touched down in a single day, and 89 people were killed. 65 of those were in Pennsylvania. One of those tornadoes was an F4, spinning at over 200 miles per hour and estimated to be traveling at more than 100 miles per hour. Within a matter of seconds, it ripped through the very small town of Atlantic, Pennsylvania, where my grandparents live. My grandmother was working at the post office in the next town. My mom and her two older sisters no longer lived at home. My mom's younger sister was in her room getting ready for a date, and her date arrived to pick her up early. Unknowingly, this lucky timing saved her life, and she ended up marrying him about two years later. If she'd been home when the storm arrived, she would have almost certainly died as her room was completely gone. Only the inner wall and the floor remained. Holy shit. Punctuality for the win. Right? Being early. Yeah. So regal. But the most impressive survivor story of the day was my grandfather. He'd gotten in the car to head to the store and drove to the end of the driveway. He said he looked both ways before pulling into the road. To the left, he saw nothing. And to the right, he saw a tornado coming over the hill, headed directly toward him. The house was set back from the road and the storm was moving quickly, so he knew he couldn't make it back to the house to take cover. Instead, he got out of the car and rolled underneath it. When the storm reached him, he was picked up and thrown about 300 feet. Miraculously, he was mostly unharmed, aside from a giant cut down the length of his forearm. He still has a nasty scar. It seems crazy to have gotten out of the car, but it's a good thing he did, because once they found the car, stuck in a tree down the road, there was a giant piece of broken wood lodged in the headrest. It would have killed him. I was born less than two years later, but I grew up hearing stories and seeing photos of the aftermath. As a result, I was terrified of tornadoes. I could never sleep during thunderstorms. I was convinced that a tornado would come in the middle of the night and destroy our house. I memorized all the warning signs, the same ones Karen mentioned in the episode. The sky turns green. The winds blow the leaves upside down. I don't think I mentioned that. What? That's a warning sign. The winds blow the leaves upside down. Birds stop singing, and then you'll hear the sound of a freight train approaching. (laughs) Luckily, we've never had a storm like that since. But to this day, everyone in the area is hypervigilant about storms and always prepared for the worst. So stay sexy, stay inside, and stay safe from tornadoes. Courtney, she, her. No, I don't ever want to be in a tornado. Please. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, this one's just called Hometown, and it starts, Spirit Guides of the Donner Party-like Adventure that is 2020. So although we live in Virginia now, this one takes place just outside Seattle, along the picturesque Maple Valley Highway. The Cedar River runs along it, where the salmon run. It's truly fucking gorgeous, although suburban as fuck in Microsoft and Amazon's backyard. So it's definitely heavily wooded and very shrubby and bushy. So this was maybe 10 years ago, and this local woman goes missing on her way home from a night shift at a Fred Meyer store, I believe. She left work, then poof, she disappeared. So the husband tried to file a missing persons report, but almost immediately, once they began taking it seriously, they zeroed in on the husband and decided he knew more. At first, they thought she was a runaway. Mm. She's like a 30-something-year-old woman. Oh, um. <laughs> so like day eight here, and they literally have the husband hooked up to the polygraph machine when they ping her cell phone after eight freaking days. I think there was some, quote, privacy issues. I'm not sure what the holdup was, but they finally do it. Lo and behold, they get a hit from it and find her alive, you guys. And I believe upside down, trapped in her vehicle down a 20-foot embankment. Oh, my God. She'd gone off the road somehow in the early morning hours and the blackberry bushes and heavy shrubs had basically closed back up behind her. So it wasn't super obvious from the road that anything had happened at all. I remember I drove that same road back and forth to work and I can see how easily this could have happened along there. I thought of her daily driving this road after this and can't imagine the outcome if they hadn't found her when they did. Her name is Tanya Ryder. If you want to Google the actual facts, she wrote about it herself. And she fucking survived eight days being trapped upside down in the wreckage of her car, surely thinking after a while that no one was going to come save her, while her husband was being suspected of her disappearance right down the road. Anywho, I've been writing out 2020 in an apartment with a four and five-year-old and our beloved 14-year-old dog named Pig. I'm diabetic, so we're taking this shit rather seriously, and you two have saved me from the brink of sanity so many times, not being able to work, go in stores, or even hug my mom since March. God, remember those days? Yes, God. I loved you with my whole huge black heart, even before all this. I first found you while healing from an abusive, shitty relationship, and you guys gave me my fight back after I forgot who the fuck I was for a minute or seven years. But you truly have been a lifeline and made me feel less alone every Monday and Thursday religiously. SSDGM and stay out of the forest, not even in your car. Don't let a ghost crash happen to you. Most sincerely, Star. Oh, Star. Yeah. I mean, so much there. So much going on. We're all hanging upside down in our vehicles (laughs) with the shrubs closed behind us, aren't we? We really are waiting for someone to ping us and find us. No one can see that the tire marks are very subtle. The oh, bushes yeah. are slightly askew. That's a Can't great, tell. great analogy. God, that's scary. I feel like I saw on some, I just remember watching a reenactment uh, and the way they found, I don't know if it, I think actually the person mm-hmm. that happened to was a man, but a very, very similar story. And the way they found him was a psychic kept dreaming of that stretch of road and couldn't, like, was having, like, being haunted by it. Oh, my God. But see, this is my habit of just retelling old TV memories. But this chick was upside down, broken fucking ribs. Her arm, her, like, arm was out of, like, she almost had to get her leg amputated. It's so crazy, but she survived. Also, surviving eight days with probably very little water, although she was on the season, but oh, my God. 
Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant, like perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh my God, yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is make that dish at home and eat it every day. Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient, Made In Cookware. Made In was created to bring restaurant quality performance kitchenware to home chefs around the world. For years, they've built their business by supplying restaurants and top chefs with high-end cookware. Some of Tom Colicchio's most treasured dishes at his restaurant craft are made in Made In. Whether you're cooking for professional critics or just the critics you live with, your meals will benefit from the quality of Made In products. Like their carbon steel cookware, it combines the best of both cast iron and stainless steel clad, so it's rugged enough for grills or an open flame. It's the MVP of summer cookouts and cook-ins. What I really love about made-in cookware is that it actually makes something like having a Memorial Day barbecue much more convenient because you can keep everything on the grill if you need to throw, say, a pan of garlic up on the top while you're grilling your steaks on the bottom. It's strong enough, durable enough to do that. If you want to take your cooking to the next level, remember what so many great dishes have in common. They're all made in, made in. Save up to 25% this Memorial Day from May 18th through May 27th when you visit madeincookware.com. That's M-A-D-E-I-N cookware.com. Goodbye. There's something about the sound of an old-timey cash register that really takes me back. I know. It sounds like someone is about to hand me an ice cream cone, but it also sounds like we just sold some merch. That's right. And if you're a Shopify user like us, you know that this sound means you just made a sale. Shopify has helped millions of businesses sell their products online, but did you know they also offer the same support for brick and mortar stores? From accepting payments to managing inventory, they have everything you need to sell in person. So give your point of sale system a serious upgrade with Shopify. Shopify POS tracks sales across all your locations. That way you'll always know what you have in stock and where. They also provide reliable tech that fits your unique retail needs, like turning a tablet into a credit card reader. And if you're looking to reach new customers, check out Shopify's marketing tools. They're easy to use and they integrate with all social media platforms. With Shopify, we have a powerful partner for managing our sales. And if you're a business owner, you can too. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period today at shopify.com murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase. So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level. That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. Let's see. Number two, subject line, a drunk 12 year old. (laughs) Hey to my only favorite Californian ladies. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Uh-oh. Ouch. What's happening? What happened to you? I'm a huge fan that has listened since episode one. Oh. What? Thank you. And I'm fairly disappointed that I had to check out other podcasts while I wait for your new stories to come out. (laughs) (laughs) Don't be disappointed. There's so many good ones. Yeah. I found a few I enjoy, but still wish it was your voice as I was listening to. Anyway, I have a drunk kid story for y'all, if you're interested. I was 12 years old in Sydney, Ohio, spending the weekend at my Uncle Paul's with my mom, Cinda, the only Cinda I've met to this day. (laughs) The next day, I was about to meet up with a friend to go snowboarding. My mom and uncle went out for only 45 minutes, and I saw this as the perfect opportunity to kick back and drink my uncle's famous Budweiser bottles, as you never saw him without one. Uh. (laughs) You could be at home with my dad. Um, 
Although he's cans, not bottles. Right. I was on my third bottle. What? Uh-huh. I can't even. How old is this kid again? 12. I can't even drink three fucking bottles of beer without blacking out. Right. Well, she, first of all, had a task. She was trying right. to, she had, a, she had a time limit. Sure. It's, there's, this is all kinds of like at home alone hijinks. And yes. I'm getting that feeling in my stomach of like, now I want to do this too. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was only, I was on my third bottle when they returned. And only then did I realize I was in deep shit. Mm. I hid the evidence in the bathtub. And then in parentheses, it says, so smart, I know. And tried to act natural on the couch. They, they suggested lunch at Perkins. And all I remember at this point is slugging my way to the car, falling all over the place while my uncle helped me into the restaurant to our table. Oh, my God. They thought I was playing drunk and acting stupid. And then it's dot, 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 which I have never done before. <laughs> After I puked all the beer all over the entire table, it was then that my mom realized that I was wasted. She took me to the restroom and let me hug that nasty toilet till I stopped puking. The next morning, I was feeling great and begged my mom to let me go snowboarding. To my extreme surprise, she said yes. I now know that the bright snow and freezing cold weather is the opposite of what a hangover needs, and she knew that. Mm. I learned my lesson and honestly hate the taste of beer now. When at 12, I thought it tasted so good. I love you ladies, and thank you for all the work you both have put in, and especially for the various donations you've made to causes that mean something and that the money goes where it's needed most. I cannot wait to be able to do the same. You're both truly inspirational. Mm. Stay sexy and keep doing what you're doing. Love, Laura. That's a nice little drunk 12-year-old congratulating (laughs) us on what we do. These are so nice. So nice. Love a good drunk kid story. Hell yeah. Okay, this one's called A Story from a Swedish Six Flags. Hi, everyone. Thank you for a great podcast. Just listen to the latest hometown episode where you asked for more amusement park stories. Here comes one from Stockholm, Sweden, and our local roller coaster slash amusement park called Gronaland. Wow. And they didn't tell me how to say it, so I'm just, it looks like Gronaland. Okay. Something land. I went there on a school trip in maybe fifth grade, 18 years ago. All the kids were super excited. Everyone was finally tall enough for all the rides and old enough for the haunted house. We had a great time. Someone puked from eating too much cotton candy. Another (laughs) lost their shoes in a roller coaster. Another got shit, shat on by a bird. So far, so good. But something super crazy also happened that day. As me and my few friends were standing in line for one of the roller coasters, we suddenly noticed there was some sort of commotion going on over at the Ferris wheel. That's basically next to where we were standing. Turns out someone had panicked and gotten halfway out of their seat basket on the way to the top. Oh, oh. The wheel had stopped but couldn't go back down for some reason, most likely because the person risked getting injured by moving parts. Eventually, the person was hanging out with their legs and entire upper body, only having their arms and heads still in the basket. (laughs) The others in the basket, as the same person, were not strong enough to pull them back in. It looked like the day would end in tragedy. Can you imagine? I am imagining, and I'm trying not to laugh. If it was you, it would be the most horrifying thing. And then if you saw it from the ground, how could you not laugh at that? I would be terrified. It's like the hang in there, baby cat. Just kind of fucking... I pictured it like like they're somehow caught at the chin. Oh, no, no. I think they're holding on. (laughs) Oh, well, that's really horrible. 
Suddenly, people started pointing and gasping. I looked over to the left and saw that three monster acrobats from the haunted house were making their way over to the Ferris wheel. (laughs) It was one tall, skinny man dressed in a black and red bodysuit with his face painted in red like a hot couture devil. A young girl or very tiny woman dressed as what I remember as a ghost lizard. (laughs) (laughs) That can't be right. And a third person dressed as a wolf man or similar. They climbed up on the roof of a nearby shed, think parkour slash circus acrobat style movements, Mm -hmm. and made their way onto the Ferris wheel. They were incredibly limber and climbed through the construction like it was something they did every day. They reached the person hanging out of the basket and managed to get him back into the basket, saving the day and most likely the person's life. Oh my God. They made it into the newspapers the next day, but sadly I couldn't find any pictures of the saviors online. (laughs) Thanks again for a great podcast. You make me laugh out loud when I bike around in Stockholm, getting bikers around me looking nervously over their shoulders. What if I'm (laughs) laughing at them? Stay sexy and trust the devil, Hannah. (laughs) I absolutely adore that story, Hannah. That's such a good one. That's, It's like, I mean, that was their moment to shine, finally. For real. And also, it, it just made me think of if you've ever had a panic attack or you know that feeling where... I'm sure that person got scared and got that rush of adrenaline and couldn't help but do what they did. Yeah. Which would be the unsafest thing. But like when you're freaking out, you're like, I got to get out of here. Yeah, and they thought they were lower maybe than they were and they were just going to jump out and then realize, oh my God. But then a big weird art student came and rescued them. (laughs) A cavalry of art students who got paid minimum wage came and fucking risked their lives and saved the day. Wait, that reminds me of... Do you remember, I feel like it happened in quarantine. There was a guy who crawled up the front of an apartment building because there was a baby hanging from the, remember that? Yes, there's video of it. Yes. And it was like parkour, like rock climbing guy. (sighs) It was unbelievable. he rescued that baby. He was like on his way to work and then fucking doop, 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 up the, bananas. The baby got over and then was hanging. Yeah. Oh, Oh, that was crazy. Hooray for that guy. Yeah. I think we said hooray for that guy on this podcast. Sounds like us. <laughs> I think it's good to remind people every five years when people climb things to rescue people. It's important. It is. Hey, Karen, you know that feeling when you're stressed out and your heart starts to pound and your mind is racing? I do. I know it well. Well, while there's no cure for stress, therapy can help shape your response to it. And since May is Mental Health Awareness Month, there's no better time to try Talkspace. When you sign up for Talkspace, you'll receive a personalized match with a therapist or psychologist, typically within 48 hours. Forbes rates Talkspace as the number one online therapy platform, plus their licensed professionals are in network with almost all major insurance companies. Once you meet your therapy goals, or if you want to cancel for any reason, Talkspace will provide you with a prorated refund for unused time. I feel like these days people understand the importance of therapy, but the difficult part is just taking that first step. It took me months to make my first therapy appointment. I was so scared. I had a lot of ideas in my head about it. And that's why I think Talkspace is such a good idea, because making it so approachable will just get you there sooner. Then you can actually get in there, figure out what you need, talk to an actual professional, and 
be on your way to solving some stuff that you might want to solve. To celebrate Mental Health Awareness Month and the power of talking it out in therapy, Talkspace is offering our listeners $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80. Go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and use promo code SPACE80. To match with a licensed therapist today, go to Talkspace.com slash MFM and enter promo code SPACE80 and get $80 off your first month and show your support for our show. That's Talkspace.com slash MFM. Enter promo code SPACE80. Goodbye. Okay, here's my last one. The subject line is, a ghost asked me very politely to move out of its way. Hello, everyone. When I was 20, I was working at a corner shop in Carillon, a village. There's no way that's, (laughs) no, there's just no way. There's so many E's in there. A village in the Welsh city of Newport. I was in a bit of a rough area, so we had a lot of alcoholics and drug addicts in. I've got a few good stories about my time there. One of our regulars was Dave, not his real name. He lived a few doors up from the shop, so he was in and out most days, sometimes multiple times a day for cigarettes and booze, and occasionally some bread and milk. He was always completely out of it. He drank a lot and he did heroin, but he was always nice and polite. He would have a bit of a chat if he wasn't too far gone, and he was never aggressive or anything. I hadn't seen him for about a week and mentioned it to one of my colleagues who told me that he'd died. I was a bit gutted because, like I said, he was a nice guy, but ultimately not that surprised. I didn't really think any more of it until about a year later. I was cleaning out one of the drinks fridges, so I was sat on the floor with my head in the fridge and the glass door propped open with my foot. And I heard someone say, excuse me, please, love. And when I looked up, I had the fright of my life. The slightly fuzzy ghost of Dave was stood in front of me with a bag of Doritos and four cans of Carling in his hand. We both stared at each other for a few seconds before I realized... He wasn't a ghost, but a real-life human man, and he only looked fuzzy because I was looking at him through the thick 90s glass of a fridge door. I stood up and let him pass and tried to get my heart rate back down from 500 BPM. It turns out my colleague was mistaken. (laughs) It was someone else who had died, and Dave had just been in jail. Stay stay sexy and always fact-check your colleagues' claims that customers have died, George, and in parentheses, a girl. Oh, what's up, Georgia girl? Um, That's so funny that the first assumption is ghost. I love that. Yes. Well, he was supposed to be dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. And then it's like, oh, wait, it's not a ghost. It's a dirty, looking through a dirty glass. (laughs) Dave. Dave doesn't understand how much he's loved for just all that whole experience that George went through right there. Um, Here's my last one. It is one of my favorites, a glitch in the Matrix stories. We both have sleeping dogs on our, I know, on our parts. Mine are just mine's on my feet. Okay. I thought I'd I'd try to fold her in a little bit to give the fan cult who gets to watch this on video a little something. Oh, that's right. Everyone could see Blossom right now if they want. Oh, sleeping, sleeping. Oh, okay. This is called hometowns. <laughs> well, gals, you're probably wondering why I called you all here. So let's get to it. <laughs> let's do it. I love that. A number of years ago, my parents were traveling around the country during the summer. It was common for my mom to call when they got to a stop and let me know where they were, tell me about their last argument on the road. (laughs) You're going too fast, too slow. We are lost. Why don't you use the map? There's a glimpse into my childhood vacations for you, but I digress. One late afternoon, the phone rang and I figured it was mom checking in. I was surprised to hear my dad's voice and shook when he said, we've been in a pretty bad car accident. Mm. Mom and dad had been hit by a fully loaded logging truck. 
Dad was, quote, okay, aren't dads always, but mom was being airlifted to a large hospital with multiple serious injuries. Mm. After getting all the details, I booked my flight and got to Seattle as quick as I could. After 10 days, mom was released from the ICU, but still had a long road ahead before she would be stable enough to return to San Diego. Being a mom of four kids, I needed to get home after about two weeks. I felt so torn knowing my mom was in great medical hands and leaving my dad who was injured himself. I was a mess when I got to the airport wishing I could be in two places at once. I held it together until I sat down at my gate to wait for my flight. After a few minutes, a gentleman sat down next to me and said, going somewhere special? Well, that was all I needed to burst into tears as I told him why I had made the trip. He got a stunned look on his face and asked, may I ask where this accident happened? I told him the name of the small town in Northwest Washington and the highway. With a look of complete shock, he looked at me and said, honey, I was there. I was on my way to work. And since it's a two-lane highway, I was backed up in traffic. He went on to say that he was a local minister. And once he heard that the backup was due to a very bad accident involving a passenger truck and trailer and a logging truck, he abandoned his car and ran up to the accident scene to see if he could be any help. He then said, is your name Kathleen? I told him yes, and he said, I held your mom's hand while the helicopter was landing. And she said, if I don't make it, please make sure someone tells Kathleen I love her. Oh my God. He began to hold me as we both cried. He had heard that my mom had not survived and was so happy to hear she was getting stronger. This man and his small community of friends ended up being a huge source of kindness and help providing very sweet care for my parents in my absence. To this day, I find so much comfort knowing things happen on our behalf that we may never know about. My parents and I had a difficult relationship over the years, and this story helps remind me that they did love me in their own way. Stay sexy and maybe tell your senior parent to travel by plane. Love you to the moon and back, ladies. Kathleen, she, her. Oh, man. How wild is that? Well, I always like to compare them, but that seems to be one of the weirdest, most like, I was just there. We're yeah. complete strangers. Yeah. Like, there's is, no reason for this to happen There's at no all. reason. Whew. The details add up. Yeah. Wild. Is that it? Everyone send us your stories, whether they have anything to do with what we just read or not. Yeah. I mean, at this point, we've demonstrated <laughs> through other people's writing what a good story looks like. That's right. Be a part of it. Maybe it's helped you, and now you can write your own. Please yes. do it at my favorite murder at Gmail. Stop being selfish and stay sexy. <laughs> and don't get murdered. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Elvis, do you want a cookie? <laughs> This has been an Exactly Right production. Our senior producer is Hannah Kyle Crichton. Our producer is Alejandra Keck. This episode was engineered and mixed by Stephen Ray Morris. Our researcher is Gemma Harris. Email your hometowns and fucking hoorays to myfavoritemurder at gmail.com. Follow the show on Instagram and Facebook at myfavoritemurder and Twitter at myfavemurder. Goodbye. Follow My Favorite Murder on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you like to listen so you don't miss an episode. If you like what you hear, rate and review the show. Visit exactlyrightstore.com to purchase My Favorite Murder merch.